What's going on, y'all? This is the Hoopers No Show presented to you by Cannon Prep Basketball, and I'm your host with the most, Coach Jeff, for those that know me best. And uh, for those that are here for the very first time, this is our very first time dropping an episode. And hopefully, in the future, I'll have a panel of guests, friends, uh, folks that I can talk hoops with, entertainment with, just run the gambit. Uh, I do want to open it up to some interviews potentially in the future, uh, but most importantly, I just wanted to drop an episode, talk about what the Hoopers No Show is, what it's going to represent, and hopefully what it can grow into uh, becoming or grow into. Um, so the Hoopers No Show started just in general by talking basketball. Uh, it's something that, you know, look, I'm not sitting here saying I'm Phil Jackson, Coach K, but I am a basketball lover. I love the game. I'm passionate about it. And most of the folks that I know are in that same ballpark. They love hoops, they love talking hoops, and we still like to play. Um, not saying that we play at a very high level, but we still like to get out there and do our thing. And, you know, one of the things I kept thinking about is like, man, why not just open this thing up, record it, put it on wax, let it live out there, you know, hot takes, unhot takes, whatever it is, and uh, just have a place where we as hoopers and people who love hoops can have a place to talk. And even beyond that, because I think that's one thing uh, that with any genre as we get pigeonholed is well you can only do this and hoopers know essentially means i recognize the love and passion of basketball within you and i also recognize that that same love and passion i have you have uh, but that's not all that we are we're not just one dimensional right we're not just people to love basketball we're people to love sneaker culture we're people to love music we're people to love movies film all those things. So most importantly, this show will be about hoops. But if you do hop on from time to time and we're talking about different topics, uh, that is because we are folks that love different things and we're passionate about more than just basketball. Uh, but even though that is the primary focus and in most cases what brought most of us together within my circle is the game of ball. And uh, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about basketball is it's a, in most cases, a uniter. Uh, especially those that, that truly love the game and uh, respect it at a high level. For those that you know are there for the wrong reasons, they always kind of either show or get weeded out. Uh, but those that truly have a passion for the game, they're they're around for a long time, and uh, you, you'll see long, long lasting friendships, relationships, business uh, business endeavors that come out of being in the world of basketball. Uh, so that's you know a little bit about what the show is going to be about. A little bit about how we started uh, this thing and, you know, kind of the why. Uh, just, a, just a glimpse. You know, of course, there's other things that go into it, but most importantly, we just want to have a spot where we can talk and, and kick it. Uh, but one of the very first, I think, fun topics that is I am solo today that would be fun to talk about and maybe have legs in the future is the topic of today's game versus the old school game. And I was just having a conversation with uh, my media guy, my, one of my ace, ace boons, and uh, we were talking about, you know, when we were kids. And I, and I also made it very clear that as a child, uh, I put in mediocre effort with the game of basketball, but I still did work on certain things that I can still show and teach to the kids that, uh, you know, train with us uh, and all that good stuff. But that's just all to say that 
the game, you know, when we were growing up, you could always go to a playground, see players playing, learn different styles, pick up different things. And there was always a sense of, you know, a little bit of community where you could go hoop whenever and you'd be out, you know, day to night. Uh, I remember being in my backyard. We had a basketball court and most of the people in my neighborhood were high school and above. And we would play 21, one-on-one, three-on-three, two-on-two, day in, day out, right? That was our way of training, uh, was by playing. And that was fun. I, I think that was it was fun. Uh, you didn't get the most skill-specific training uh, because that just wasn't quite a thing <laughs> back in the uh, early to mid-90s. And, of course, you know, you got to learn other things, though, how to play against bigger opponents, how to, you know, be a little bit more physical, which I think is so special to the, you know, 90s and, you know, some of the early 2000s. Fast forward to now where we train, uh, you know, kids in about 8 to eight, eight to 18 in the skills of, of basketball, more, uh, you know, specific skills. You know, if you're a guard, we're teaching, you know, of course, pace. We're teaching how to change direction, how to have a move and a counter move to go to as it's so important. But these are specific you know, to the the game and the player development that's needed to play in today's game. Um, you know, and things that we've learned over the years is, of course, you can never shoot the basketball well enough. So those are things that we really try to work on and develop within our skill sessions. Uh, but what's so funny to me is that we were having this conversation and we were talking about it. All of these kids know is what we've given them. You know, would they go find it on their own? And would they go play outside if they weren't being not none of the kids are pushed, but if we weren't facilitating these things, trainings, teams, games, you know, would they still have that? Hey, let's go outside and, and let's run. Let's see who's who's the guy. And I think I'm hoping I think they would. I think they would. But I don't think the intensity or, you know, the I want to be better than you would be as dramatic. I do think that is the great separator. Not saying that these kids don't want to be great because they certainly do, Um, but I think that is the great separator between some of the generations, A, the physicality, and some of that killer mentality. And I know it's cliche to say because you got Kobe, Mama mentality, you got Jordan, you know, I took that personally. But ultimately, I think it does play a part in, in the generation of basketball that I come from and the new generation. Now, I think the kids that have extreme crossover, of course, are those that can do it well with both, right? They're physical. They want to hoop. But those are also the kids that probably will separate themselves long term. But generationally, I think that, you know, just level playing field, not your outliers of kids in both generations that would go on to play regardless. But as far as just generational, you know, 90 felt like you could go find runs, you could play. Now it's more empty courts outside. It's hardy at gym time. Um, you know, and it's definitely more skill specific training stuff that's happening. And often, you know, you hear what's better, what's worse. And I think balance is ultimately what it comes down to, right? Um, I, I hear what it's, this is a conversation for another time, but I often hear that AAU basketball, um, you know, they play too many games, and by the time they're, you know, 17, they're, they're hurt. For one, you know, AAU is has tournaments but certainly you would not play in enough tournaments you know with AU to really um in my opinion again I'm no doctor to cause you know a, a lot of issues travel ball 
different, right? Because travel ball is all the tournaments that allow AU teams, allow uh, USBA teams, allow mom and pop rec teams to come in. And that's what most of these tournaments are from, you know, marquee to made to all the, you know, youth uh, big shots, teammates. They are travel tournaments. Do you have AU teams that compete that are AU sanctioned and certified with age grade coaching and all that? Sure. But AU is its own own thing. So that's a little bit of a rabbit hole we can go to on another topic. But I often hear that argument as players play too many games in a weekend. And then you often hear the other argument. Well, the European players are more skilled. Or you often hear the argument of, ah, oh, there's too much individual development and too many tween-tween cross-cross. And everybody has their, their hot take. And, oh, you, 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 you know, you have to teach them how to play man defense. No, you got to teach them how to play man. But, you know, also zone's good too, you know, because, of course, they'll play more than just man at the high school level. But, no, you have to teach them plays. And, no, you don't teach them plays. You teach them how to play. There's so many different outlooks and philosophies and i think when you sift through it the beauty of it is you can balance them both right um you can have players play a lot of games within a season you know what i mean and then kind of extrapolate what does this player need to work on what does certain player a and b need to work on that may be different that we can lock in within skill sessions um how can we foster these you know the growth for these young young athletes and and make sure that we are kind of leading them in the right direction and there isn't a burnout now with burnout i'm of two minds right i'm of the mind that you know if you were going to burn out you probably probably and always that you know exception to the rule probably didn't love it right uh often that's you know an excuse for those that don't a either reach a certain level or or they see the work required at that next level, whether it's, you know, and that's the other thing. Do I want to continue to play at a D3, even though it may require a ton of work, a D2? So we use that term, well, he burnt out. Eh, did he or did they understand the work required to play at a very high level was going to probably not lead to an NBA uh, path? And that's usually the answer, right, is that most people understand that the journey ends at a certain point and i think burnout is a is a loose term that they use uh regardless of the generation i heard it from mine i hear it you know in this one but on the other side of that coin you can push kids too hard to burn out if they're playing seven times a week and there's no balance of fun or in regular regular ordinary life you might want to be careful you know what your goals are if they align with what the student athletes goals are um, if they do, great. If that kid's pushing to be in the gym, kind of like I was saying earlier, they're like trying to, they're the kid that would, I hope, be like, let's go find these runs. Let's do that, which a lot of our kids do. Um, they want to play. They're excited about the gym for the most part. They're still kids, though. They do goofy things. Uh, but I think, you know, once you find that, that passion, you foster it. But you do have to be careful that you don't over push, um, get your kids different voices. You know, make sure that they're hearing the same information from somebody different. Challenge, uh, you know, their way of seeing the game and making sure it's always still fun, uh, especially at the grassroots level. Uh, a lot of times it becomes about winning instead of development. And that's 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 missed. Um, and that's and that, that could be OK, too. You know, again, it just depends on what certain goals are uh, for those folks. But, you know, as far as generations, you know, and I kind of jumped a little bit from thing to thing just to give you some context. But. As far as generationally, this generation, to me, again, all things being fair, is by far more skilled. Uh, 
and I always, I always try to liken it to experiences I've seen and had and, you know, kind of think back. I remember when Ginobili did Eurosteps. That was, like, special. And now almost all these kids can do Eurosteps because he was the start, and then, of course, it was taught, and then so on and so forth. They're seeing it. They're learning it. And iron sharpens iron. All those things, right? Uh, where, you know, that's just the evolution of the game. It's a natural process. Uh, you're open and aware to more things like, oh, well, you don't need to go in the gym and work six hours straight, relentlessly, sprints and this and that. Um, you can go in the gym, get on the shoot machine, shoot five, 500 to 1,000 in less than an hour, and that's effective, right? And then on Tuesday, you can do jump sh a jump shoot program. Like we've learned, right, these things that have came with time and information has benefited today's athlete. That's not to say that today's athlete's a better athlete. That's not to say that they're better all around basketball players than you know what we had in the early 90s, eight, late 80s, and of course 2000s. That's not to say that at all. It's just to say that they are the benefactor of today's information game, what they're seeing. Uh, you know, the argument comes down to players like a Steph Curry. Could he play in any era? Sure. I mean, Isaiah played at a very high level, and Isaiah's one, if not the top five greatest point guards of all time. And Curry can do everything Isaiah can do, maybe lack, lack of a, a little toughness, um, but shoots the ball well beyond what Isaiah did, which translates to any coach, any trainer, you cannot argue this. Shooting the basketball at a high percentage translates to any era. It just is, it is what it is. So yes, he could. Uh, LeBron, same thing, 6'9 specimen, can do it all. So I, again, the knock little bit soft sure uh we can argue that but ultimately he's a guy that can play basketball at a very high level i think magic johnson but with a little bit better jump shot uh, a little bit better ability to bully and finish and not as saucy of a passer but a really a highly intelligent uh, basketball player that plays basketball at a high level and he was the benefactor of seeing those players jordan magic bird and of course having ex the best of the best genetics and then of course making a lot of good choices within his career because a lot of a lot of cows have came and went there were six nine and you know highly skilled and highly athletic but you know didn't make it so there's a testimony to that too so you know as far as generational i will say this generation is definitely more skilled they have better basketball players now what does that mean? Basketball player is all-encompassing. Better passing, better shooting, better handle. Uh, did I say better defenders? No. But I also think the 90s defense was a little bit overrated because of they were allowed to have physicality. Not saying it wasn't fun to watch. Not saying I didn't love it. Definitely prefer 90s defense to now. But they were allowed to do certain things that these players now cannot do, right? Uh, which makes it tough. Um, for today's athlete, you know, to kind of compare and say, well, you guys have this kind of defense. They, they're just not allowed to play that type of defense because the game is more centered around scoring. So today's generation, yes, certainly they're more skilled. They had the benefit of seeing uh, Kobe Bean Bryant and the wonderful footwork of, you know, that he had super underrated as far as footwork goes. I mean, I watched him play James Harden uh, in some clips in the Drew League just recently. Not that I hadn't seen it before, but just reminded 
about how super skilled he was. And now you take a guy like that that inspires, as most of these guys, that was their idol, inspires so many. They see that that's the guy they're looking up to. So they're stealing stuff from his bag, adding it to their trainers or teaching these things, hopefully, and more of a wide audience gets it. Now that can, of course, water down your product where you don't have a, a lightning bolt like that, you know, appear. Although you got the you know seven seven guy Victor, I won't say his last name, but we will see. Will he be that next up uh, and kind of be a testimony to the new is more skilled? Um, now the debate of better basketball player, I, I do. I really do think today's generation is a better basketball player. But I don't think they have the, you know, mental mental grit and toughness that was required, again, required within the 90s style basketball. Now, this is not an argument of who's a better, uh, who's the GOAT, Jordan or LeBron. I think, you know, certainly the argument would have you favor Jordan, um, even though LeBron is a better basketball player. Not the GOAT. Jordan's certainly the GOAT. I think there is a, again, there's a silent separator between, you know, what makes someone great and, you know, when they're just talking pure basketball, able to handle the ball, able to finish with either hand, able to shoot the, the ball at a uh, little higher clip. Jordan just had a je ne sais quoi, man, that separated him, the black cat, um, you know, his airness. Uh, to me, um, I will always say Jordan is the GOAT. But LeBron is the better basketball player. If that makes sense to anyone, please, you know, let me know in the comments. Um, and, you know, all these are just opinions. You, if you don't agree, you know, let's talk, man. Let's have a dialogue. Let's have a discussion. Heated or not, that's what this podcast is about. But as far as generation, I think we're starting to see what I'm talking about. That generational and we'll have, you know, uh, female coaches, players on as well. But even the female, you know, the game for ladies has changed. You're seeing ladies dunk at a higher frequency because information is available. It's beautiful. I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm from the 90s. I had all the champion jerseys. I love Penny Hardaway. I love Moxie Bogues. I love Rodman. I love Jordan. I love Pippen. I love Ewing. I love Olajuwon. All the Drexler. I mean, you name it. Bird. Go back to, you know, watching Dr. J, Moses Malone, and, um, you know, Mo Cheeks for the Sixers. My dad was a huge Sixers fan, so I had all that, you know, Barkley, all that. I had that on when I was a kid on repeat, whether it was superstars. Back before you kids had YouTube, we had superstars, which was a incredible VHS mixtape. And uh, really might have been the first of its generation to put songs over highlights. What? Dominique Wilkins and uh, Spud Webbs and, you know, just players that were incredible and could play in today's game. That's the other part. Uh, because that wouldn't have changed. They would have been exposed to the same information. Your great players would be great players no matter the era. It goes forward. It goes backwards. So you guys that say LeBron couldn't play in that era and Jordan couldn't play in this, you're nuts. You're nuts. You don't know hoops uh, if you feel that way. You can feel a certain way about players, but what you can't say is that greatness doesn't translate. It does. It certainly does. And uh, Kobe played in both eras, essentially. He played in the 90s, played in 2000s, and was highly successful in both. Um, you know, we could always talk about the Blazers and Kings kind of being set up. Uh, I still have issues with those rings that the Lakers got, but... You know, few of them were fair. Uh, my Sixers team that beat them really didn't have a shot against that uh, Lakers team, but really showed you that anything is possible. Um, but, yo, as far as the discussion of yesterday's generation, today's generation, I'm a fan of both. I know that's uh, what they say is uh, <laughs> on the fence, but 
in in all reality, I will always say today's generation, because of the information available, because of the knowledge we now have as far as training, teaching, and of course, playing more basketball within controlled environments, these kids are seeing a lot more uh, different styles. We're now traveling from you know back when I was playing basketball, you played rec. You know, if you played travel ball, okay, yeah, maybe for a little bit. You know, you had AAU, but that was more for areas with money, you know, bigger programs. We didn't have that, you know, as abundant. Now you have five and six travel teams, even in a little city that we're in. So these kids are traveling one, two hours for some. For teams, you know, like us, we're traveling six hours in some cases, sometimes more if you're going to a Florida um, and they're exposed to different styles, different type of players. It's a beautiful thing. So to me, the game has evolved where today's player is more skilled. They do have the ability to shoot the ball better because that is what the game is geared around. The mid-range jumper is almost non-existent anymore, which is not a bad thing, but I do miss it as someone that loves that mid-range game. If you watch anything that we train, um, I'm, st- I'm still tra- having a hard time of letting it go because... I think in order in order to shoot the three very well, you have to have a certain level of touch within the mid-range that's missing. And I don't think that you have to, you know, set kids up to shoot just mid-range jumpers, but I do think they have to develop a touch for shooting the ball at a speed, a catch and shoot, off the dribble at the mid-range, that that just that level of being close but having that balance of speed and um, distance requires to where you do move back to the three it becomes a little bit easier that touch that shooting touch is there that's a little you know insight to kind of how i i think about it um but you know for the first podcast is somebody talking you know in a room by himself and to the moon i thought this was such a fun topic i think it's such a fun discussion um you know and for the players in the 90s i think what was required of them was to be physical was that playground mentality because that is how we learned we played on the playground day and night uh we played 21 which you know some would say where depending on where you're from that's mountain ball or that's city ball you know whatever the the cliche was but that's what it was you played physical um you fought your friends you know nowadays you don't do that man you you talk trash to your friends on Fortnite or whatever they do um so that mystique of the game is gone that and not completely these players still of course get get down but that mystique of the game the physicality that you know just that mental proud that was required because of the era because of that's what was taught is kind of faded i do miss that i do miss that and i love the high scoring i love the skill and we love teaching and learning and watching and observing and seeing all the new stuff that happens and um players really testing some of the rules of the game uh with skill it's fun right but there is a certain pureness of the 80s 90s and early 2000s the early 2000s gotten to now that i go back i don't look upon it as favorably as i once did because it became a high volume uh shooting exhibition for a lot of players but that 80s 90s uh game of really mirroring a lot of what college basketball did but at an nba level and having you know one or two superstars on a team uh it was really special it was really special and you know again i don't think teams this is part of the argument i don't think teams in the 80s and 90s were as skilled from 1 to 12 as they are now but i do think you had a lot more guys um that had an understanding of roles what their what their job was on those teams which 
in, in turn made them really successful as basketball teams uh, because sometimes having six guys that can do the same thing isn't super beneficial uh, as we've seen with you know uh, teams in the NBA nowadays you know it's three and D guys it's you know LeBron needs shooters and that's because if you have six guys that do the same thing you, how unique are you at that point where in the 90s game you had, you know, certain guys that would play in the pick and roll. We had certain guys that, you know, rebounded really well. You had certain guys that, you know, were defensive, you know, strat just, just defensive monsters. And you had guys that could do both, Joe Dumars. Um, so to me, that's what's really special and unique about the 90s game that I sometimes really miss is those specialized guys that, you know, and that's not, again, they still have specialized guys in today's game, but today's player, because the information is out there, a lot of the specialized guys look alike. You can blend them. You you know that's why you see a lot of one uh, year contracts because they're testing to see if your special specialization will fit. Um, and all that I think supports the argument of today's game being more skilled because a lot of the guys do the same thing. And I think a lot of it supports that argument that '90s had more unicorns. Uh, not to say Giannis isn't. Not to say LeBron isn't. Not to say that these guys aren't supreme. But 90s have more unicorns because there were more skill-specific roles. And then when you had an MJ drop in your lap or a Clyde Drexler or a Dominique Wilkins, you're like, holy shit, this guy can dunk. He can, you know, he's at the bag. He can hit you with a fade. He's super efficient for mid-range. Uh, three, the three ball was specialized. Think about that, right? Think about Steve Kerr being a three-point specialist. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen specialists right and that kind of even started to tr trickle into your 2000s your mike millers that lebron had um a pretty pretty fun conversation i think and pretty unique to think that the game is continuing to evolve now you have seven foot seven guys that can play uh i think that's how tall victor is i don't know but they can play the wing you have kds like drop kd in in the ewing era right does the physicality hurt him i'm almost certain it does but does his ability to score the basketball at seven foot, but who's guarding that guy? Like any point, it's a mismatch. Unless they're super strong on the wing. It's like you couldn't put Ewing out on the wing to guard Durant. What? Like, I mean, try to put Pippen on him. He's long. He's six, 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 seven, six, eight, whatever they have him listed as. Hey, you better be strong, man. You better be strong because. That's a guy that can go get a bucket any which way. He'll put you on his hip. He'll turn. He'll fade. He'll get you in that um, that downhill where he hits that quick cross uh, and pulls. Unicorns exist in every era, but I think the skill gap is so much broader now because there's so much skill. There's so much skill development. There's so many guys playing the game and seeing so and are being exposed to so many different styles. We're seeing in the '90s. We see in Europe. Uh, you know, through your dream team. Now we're seeing it on TV. You can watch it. You can watch it. Now NBA is giving you a stream package to watch Victory. Now, you, you know, th these things are, it's what you see is what you essentially can become. Uh, so it's fascinating. And to me, it's not really an argument. Today's guys are more um, skilled. I mean, it just is what it is. Again, it's not saying they're better, it's saying they're more skilled. They are better basketball players, meaning they can do more things with the basketball, dribble, shoot, pass you know an understanding that they do it at a very high level they have the bag uh quote for um the young fellas their bag is is locked but that's my hot take that's my hot take today's game more skilled never will say they're better players but they're definitely more skilled and unicorns have existed in every era but i challenge you to to come up with somebody that could have guarded kd 
in the um, early 90s without, you know, brutally uh, fouling them. You know, and, and that, w- that was part of the game. But I challenge you to find somebody that could have really checked up with KD, hand-checking included. Like, he would have shot over him. It would have just been too tough. Um, and vice versa. I wonder if anybody – I mean, certainly Kobe and Jordan show you that they could have scored in this era. I think hoopers, hoopers can hoop and hoopers know. You know that if you can go, you can go no matter the era. Um, but that's it, man. That's my first episode, and hopefully there'll, there'll be some more fun to, to be to be had, some more guests to talk about all these fun topics. And uh, if you don't know, you should already know, Hoopers know. Signing out. Coach Jeff. Peace.